welcome to Dear Willie Podcast, episode 11, coming to you from the Dear Willie Studios right here in Canberra, the nation's capital, in what is a uh, wet and windy Friday night here. I've got a uh, touch of the Barry Whites going on tonight, courtesy of a head cold, but I'll, uh, I'll soldier on. Now I have a treat for you all this time round. Uh, Rebecca Heath Fitzgerald has rolled into the remote studio for a one-way chat this week. Smokey the Bear meets Ranger Smith all the way from New Jersey. Or is it New Joysey, as the New Yorkers apparently refer to it? Bob Howe, I'm looking at you. Seasons are turning here in Australia as we head into uh, deep spring with one eye on summer. Uh, we've had uh, temperatures here in the 30 degree zone this week, meaning the barbecue has fired up and the uh, extra long days with a bit of daylight savings means, uh, well, getting the kids into bed on normal time is a bit of a lost cause, but it's summer, so who cares? Now, the good thing about the Canberra region, unlike Sydney, who uh, pray for the southerly change or land in the Darling Downs where they get no relief, is that uh, at 700 metres up here, apart from a few nights of the year, we can have a, a three degree temperature swing through the day. So, uh, nice to wake up in a warm bed at uh, six or seven degrees after a 35 degree day. Good sleeping weather. So, onto the page this week, it uh, seems we've escaped birthday well wishes for the week. Uh, which leaves us a bit of space in the program to discuss uh, Zrinka and Kev, who, having left the comfortable bosom of Sydney and the spirochetes of uh, Indonesia's water supply to find themselves in Cambodia, uh, having all sorts of fun. So, here we go. Zrinka and Kev's travels, a thread. Having run out of rupiah, Kev managed to use his charms on a stranger at the airport to get a few postcards paid for. Nice going, guys. Don't forget to pay it forward. Uh, moving on to Angkor Wat, a long hot day of templing, if that's a word, uh, was either enhanced or spoiled by the antics of a couple of visitors who resorted to fisticuffs over a photo spot. Now, as we've reported previously, the uh, shape of things to come in travel seems to be tours for the sake of simply getting the iconic spot for a photo uh, with you at either a wonder of the world or at least a, a fancy restaurant. Now, I've been to Cambodia, but not Angkor but I do think that the idea of a uh, foreigner UFC-style selfie match might be embraced by the locals in the back streets of Laos, winner takes all. Now, travelling with a loved one, as we've all said, whether they be newly minted or longer-term bow, can be a trial, and uh, nothing tests your compatibility like the need to organise life outside your comfort zone. Uh, this is something that uh, seems reflective of most of the older and wiser heads of the group, it's okay to go with the flow for a while, but just sometimes uh, someone needs to step up, step up to the plate and uh, make things happen. Now, Zarinka, that seems to be you almost exclusively, but uh, some points must go to Kevin for having a crack when pushed. But that said, his choices of uh, prospective transport, well, seem okay if you're both 19, but having met you both, you are not. So it's uh, time to book that air ticket for under 50 bucks. Much better than a 97-hour local bus option. Life's too short to be tired. There's plenty of time for that later. Okay, it's so the dad talk over. What else has been happening? Michelle Thomas, if that is your real name, we all agree that it is your duty to correct spelling and grammatical errors on a friend's uh, newly launched website. Good on you for doing so. I think we all thought that was uh, the way to go. Our resident cyborg and leader is uh, reaping the benefits of having stem cells from the last surviving Tasmanian tiger transplanted into his knee, and uh, we fully expect a Netflix special soon on how he's uh, 
managed to crush the 1 hour 59, 41 second marathon barrier with that uh, bionic knee. Uh, thanks, Cecil, for the reminder that winter is coming in the Northern Hemisphere and now is the time to start your knitting. Be you uh, full-breasted or flat as a tack, Cecil's uh, jumper pattern is one for you, ladies. Um, if you manage to do it, let us know. Love to see it on. Uh, thanks, Fiona, for the dick pic. Uh, first found in caveman drawings from around a million years ago, this form of graffiti carries on to current day and is known to occur on at least 98% of all high school classroom chairs globally. Uh, good on Uli for uh, trying to recreate it through Strava. If you can do better than his uh, current uh, dick pic, post it. Show us your dick run. Now, let's see. Something about uh, rugby in Japan. Nope, nothing to see there. Uh, good luck against the All Blacks this weekend, Cam. You might need it. Okay, Bernadette. Uh, trouble seems to be following you and your dogs. Uh, my cats are a nuisance, but don't force me to engage with other animal owners. Uh, just saying, might be something to look into. Uh, what else? Uh, venomous pus-filled caterpillars return to Florida. Nice try, Nick, but uh, stinging worse than two C-sections. Mm, not really a shade on drop bears, huntsman spiders, and other warm and fuzzy creatures down under. But uh, you stay safe, buddy. And our own uh, Elliot Kipchoge, Jane Spatiri, has uh, nailed an awesome marathon PB time of four hours and seven minutes. Hands up if you've done better, team. And all without fancy shoes, paces, blockers and a laser light on the road. Only a couple of minutes off that uh, Boston qualifier, but I know you've got it in you, so well done. Random uh, uppercase lettering driving you mad? Well, you're not alone, it seems. Not as terrible as Comic Sans, font in my estimation, but it's in the ballpark. Glad we're all agreed. And uh, thanks, Julie Moore, for helping us understand that helping your Uncle Jack off a horse really depends upon the capital J. Need to get that right. Uh, community service announcement from myself. If you're uh, looking for something to watch on Netflix, well, at only 20 minutes ago, I can recommend Blown Away, the reality search for Canada's best glass blower. Very engrossing, um, interesting stuff. They're playing all for $60,000, which seems pretty meagre compared to what everyone else gives away. But enough of that. Now it's time for Rebecca's time to shine. It's fair to say Rebecca is our only National Park Superintendent in the group, so listen and learn. Hello, everyone. It's Rebecca Fitzgerald here, coming to you live from the east coast of the United States, in good old New Jersey. I live in the northwestern part of New Jersey, which is actually sort of the country. Um, it's the mountainous part of New Jersey, which really, relatively speaking, uh, it's the hilly part compared to the rest of the world. But um, I live here with my husband, Kevin, and my son, Liam. Liam is 17 and just started driving. So that's a new chapter in our lives. I have come to realize um, that he really doesn't need me anymore, <laughs> but I'm kind of okay with it. Um, certainly has given my husband and I a lot more freedom. We only have one child, so I can only imagine what it's like with people who have multiple children. But 
It's been um, a nice couple of weeks with my son being much more independent to drive himself wherever he needs to go. Um, And then my husband and I having some time together to do fun stuff. So that's been great. Um, My husband is a retired police officer. He was a police officer for about 28 years. Um, He started when he was 20. And actually, he's been retired now for about a year and a half. It's been awesome having him retired. Um, He actually does still work a part-time job at a local school, just um, doing sort of disciplinary stuff and, you know, light security, but um, not having the 12-hour shifts and the, you know, difficult issues that he would have to deal with at work um, has just been the best for all of us. Um, So that's been really great too. My... um, I thought that I would talk about my job because it's somewhat unique in general and among the Bettys or the Willies or whatever it is um, that we're calling it these days. I work uh, as a superintendent of a state park in New Jersey. Um, I have been a park superintendent for over 20 years and basically um, decided that I wanted to work in the park service when I was about probably 16 or 15 years old. And my older brother drove me about a half hour away to a park called High Point State Park. And we went for a hike, although we didn't actually hike on any trail that was official or was blazed or was easy, we pretty much bushwhacked up the side of the mountain through thorny, overgrown stuff. And sorry, that's my cat. That's stubby. I know she sounds very sad. She does that every once in a while. She is um, stubby. It's okay. (laughs) Sorry. Stubby is... um, 18 years old and she is blind and every once in a while she does that little cry. I think just so maybe she gets an okay from one of us, but okay, sorry for that interruption. Um, I also have my lovely Fiona, my dog on my lap. So um, like Dr. Doolittle right now, surrounded by the animals, but back to... um, my visit, our visit to High Point State Park. So we hiked up the side of this mountain and I got cut up like crazy from all these prickers. And I said that I thought, oh my gosh, I love this place. And um, we went back to my brother's car and as we were driving out, there was a little toll, toll booth and there's Fiona uh, joining in the conversation. Um, so there was a little toll booth and there was somebody working in it and I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. I could work here once I start driving. So when I turned 17 and started driving, I drove to the park to get a job um, and I was hired to collect money as people come into the toll booth. And I'm going to pause for a second. We'll just break in here and we'll just, uh, we'll let Fiona take a breath. But um, just a little plug here. If you have anywhere from five to 25 minutes of spare time, then I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You don't need to wait for me to ask. In fact, that's my preferred method because it means I don't have to worry about it. So, 
Be like Rebecca, speak into your phone, send me the result. You too could be live on the podcast. But now, back to you, Rebecca. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. Fiona is um, spoiled by me, and I promise you she never, ever barks unless I'm on the phone. And I think she thinks I'm on the phone right now because I'm sitting here talking to myself. So... um, so I started working at High Point State Park when I was 17, and shortly after being there, I remember asking uh, the park superintendent, this was back in the 90s, um, and I asked the superintendent at the time if there were any female park superintendents. And at that time, there was one or two um, in the entire state. And I pretty much decided at that moment that it's what I wanted to do. Um, so I went to a local university that had um, um, an outdoor recreation parks management program and um, graduated within four years and then applied for a state job. Um, They're difficult to get because there's not many park superintendents. Okay, I have switched venues now, so we should not have any more interruptions from the animals. So I um, applied to be a park superintendent. I knew that I was going to have to wait because the jobs are hard to get. And um, I only had to wait about two and a half years before I was interviewed and hired, which was um, a lot less than I thought. So I consider myself lucky. And so I started when I was 25 years old, working at a park that was about over an hour away from my house. Um, It was the only option for me at that time. And I spent 11 years there and it was quite a large facility with lots of employees. And I really got a lot of experience. But my heart was always back at High Point State Park. And when the park superintendent there retired, um, actually it was the superintendent who had hired me when I was 17. Um, when he retired, I was able to transfer to back to High Point as the superintendent. That was in 2010. So I've been there now um, over nine years. And... Um, I absolutely love it. I love my job. I love where I work. High Point uh, State Park is aptly named because it includes the highest point in New Jersey, which is 1,803 feet above sea level. Really not terribly high, again, relatively speaking, but um, the peak has a 360-degree view, um, and you can see three states, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. And the high point is marked by a large obelisk that is 220 feet tall. It is the High Point Monument, and it is a veterans memorial to all New Jersey veterans past, present, and future. And we do open that facility um, for people to visit. So uh, you could imagine we get lots and lots of visitors. We have a swimming lake in the summertime. Uh, Some of you who follow me on my personal page might be saying to yourself, is the lake open? And I might be saying back to you, no. That's a little inside joke. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and that area gets really busy in the summertime to the point where we actually reach capacity and have to turn people away. Um, and the monument location is always has visitors, especially we're in the autumn period right now and people come, the leaf peepers, we call them, come to see the foliage and the colors of the leaves and just enjoy themselves uh, in the autumn. We're actually past peak right now. Um, the colors came and went pretty quickly this year and um, I think it had to do with how dry things were. We were actually almost in a drought period um, and then we started to get some rain recently which sort of knocked all the leaves off the trees. So... Um, so it's managing, my job includes managing people and resources and making sure that we're protecting the resources while also allowing people to enjoy them. And of course, there are times when that can be very challenging. And, um, and of course, I also manage the staff and the budget of the park. I always say, if you think of a state park as a town, I'm basically kind of the mayor of the town. Um, or if you think of it as a school, I'm the superintendent or principal of the school. Um, managing the staff, making sure everybody's coordinating their efforts, doing what they're supposed to be doing. We uh, only have seven of us that work year round. But um, we hire, we almost quadruple in size um, in our busy season. We, we have over 50 employees with our temporary staff who are usually uh, high school and college aged um, employees. And I absolutely love it. We sort of have a reputation of being, um, you know, that, it, that it's hard work and we have excellent uh, retention rate with our seasonal staff. They return year after year. Usually we hire somebody when they are, uh, you know, 16 years old and they'll stay with us until they graduate college. And sometimes even after that, if they have not been able to secure a job in the quote real world, um, air quotes that you can't see. That's reference to one of our past uh, visitors uh, on the podcast. But um, so I really enjoyed that, really getting to know these kids and then seeing them, you know, succeed and move on in life. And um, and usually we'll get siblings to come who want to work or friends of the kids who have worked there. So we have a really good reputation and we've been able to really secure excellent uh, temporary and, you know, staff. Um, and I just love it every year, usually in the spring is when they, they return and it gives me that excitement to start the season again, despite knowing that I'm going to where we're working very long hours and some really hot days. Um, it still just works for me and I will do it until it stops working for me. Um, it can be very challenging working with the public, um, you know, we are public servants. And so we do have to ensure that we are putting forth our best effort for people. And sometimes people are not very nice. Um, and I have seen this trend increase most certainly in recent years um, of sort of the sense of entitlement that people have. People feel that we should make exceptions to rules for them. And will be very upset when we don't. Um, and it can be really tricky because of course, as soon as I make an exception for a rule for one person, then that opens up 
the door for me to have to make an exception for others. And if I don't, then it could be seen as that I am being discriminatory or that I am um, being um, unethical. Um, And of course, the person who I'm saying no to when they want an exception doesn't understand that. And they can be, you know, pretty nasty in the way that they treat you um, when you don't allow them. And in some cases, you know, it's sort of stories that kind of tug at your heart. Um, For example, we fill the capacity. We can't let people into the park. We don't let anybody into the park. And there could be somebody who's having their... um, grandfather's 90th birthday party and a family member has flown from another country to surprise that grandfather at his birthday party. However, we are filled to capacity and that family member who flew to surprise his grandfather can't get into the park and wants me to make an exception based on their circumstances. And unfortunately, I can't. Yes, this is a true story. This actually happened. <laughs> um, we So I do our best to keep them occupied. We're never full for the entire day. We always reopen later in the afternoon and everyone will get their opportunity to be with each other. But um, I could give you so many examples of times when I haven't made exceptions when asked. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, a few years ago, Um, my parents came to visit the park in their cute little Mini Cooper convertible that they had just purchased. And we were at capacity at that time. And I did turn my own parents away from the park. So I have that reputation. (laughs) But um, again, I I do very much um, stand by, you know, the fact that I might not be making somebody happy, but, and I I could say, yeah, sure, come on in. Yeah, absolutely. You can go see your grandfather um, because you came from another country to surprise visit him. But then the next person that pulls up that has an important reason why they feel they should get into the park, um, that just opens me up for not being fair to that person. So some people look at it as I'm being a complete and total twat, for lack of a better word, um, or I guess there is a better word, but uh, <laughs> um, but I just see it as being fair to everybody. Um, so I see that I'm really rambling on here. We're at 15 minutes. Uh, I, there's so much more I could tell you about my job. I've had opportunities to hold baby bear cubs, um, black bears. We have black bear here in New Jersey. Um, they don't eat people. Uh, they're not like grizzly bears. So... Um, so we we certainly have a high population of them, but we're really learning how to coexist with them. And um, so I have had chances when they do research uh, on dens to actually um, observe the adult female bears um, who who get tranquilized, and then studies are done on her to you know check her health and everything. And but while that is happening, somebody has to keep the baby bears cubs uh, warm. And so you, I literally have been able to hold bear cubs and have them nuzzle into my neck and I tuck them under my vest. Um, and they actually oink like little pigs. Um, so that's been some highlights that I've had been able to experience. I've been able to do that a couple of times over my 20 year career. And uh, I, I am trained to handle, um, 
venomous snakes. <laughs> so not actually handle them with my, with my hands. Um, and I will tell you, our venomous snakes are nothing like the snakes in Australia. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have given a warning before I started to talk about this. Uh, Bryony, if you're listening, I'm sorry that I didn't give you a warning about the snakes. Um, we have two types of venomous snakes in New Jersey, the eastern um, rattlesnake and the copperhead, northern copperhead. Um, so only two, and um, but I am actually trained as uh, to be able to relocate them if they come into an area where we have members of the public um, and we want to move them out of the way. They are both protected by the Endangered Species Act, so People cannot harm them, um, and so we try to move the snakes out of the way of the people so that the people don't harm them. So that's something kind of cool that I've been able to do. Um, I've done more training with the venomous snakes than I have had to actually respond and relocate a real one, um, although I have been able to observe them in wild areas um, within uh, the park Um or the, the adjacent park next to us actually has more rattlesnakes. Um, we really don't have a rattlesnake population, but um, they wander over to us every once in a while. So that's something really cool that I've been able to do. Um, and um, I'm sure there's so much more that, uh, oh, I get to hang out with Smokey Bear. Um, you know, I actually, I have a crush on Smokey Bear. I will admit it. Um, I have always looked up to Smokey Bear. There's an old depiction of him where he's sort of this barrel-chested man standing there. Um, and so I just get such a kick out of Smokey. And we do have him at events in the park sometimes. And um, I know that it's, you know, a person dressed as Smokey. Sorry if that's bursting anyone's bubble. But um, I, <laughs> I still really enjoy when Smokey's around. So, um I, um, I I will tell you that when Tony asked me to do this, he said I didn't need to stick to the script if I felt comfortable, you know, just sort of winging it. Um, and uh, little did Tony know at the time that uh, when I was in high school, I was actually voted most talkative of our class. Um, and I also had a college radio show. I was a college radio DJ. Um, and so this is, uh, you know, Tony really opened up a can of worms here, but... I'm going to stop there. This was fun, and this is a really long um, uh, clip to send to you guys, so I hope you're still listening. Um, I, I love the interactions on the page. I know I don't interact a lot, I, I but I'm a lurker and uh, sort of even a stalker, I guess. Um, I do read uh, the uh, many of the posts and all the comments, and um, I tend to just not have the time to sit and really articulate um, and respond to a lot of them, but I do in my head. Um, I love the different perspectives that I get from um, the members of the page, especially the perspectives from, you know, people who are um, in other countries, um, particularly issues like family issues. Um, I've, I've posted a few times some issues that I'm having with, with close family members. And I love the perspective that, you know, just because they're your family does not mean that they have to be your friend. And I feel like that's something, at least in the area where I live and in among family members, that that's not necessarily, um, you know, a popular thought. But 
Um, I'm 45 years old now, and I have decided that I'm only going to spend time with people that make me happy and do not cause drama in my life. And so in some cases, that means not spending time with certain family members. Um, And I love that the Bettys have sort of, you know, validated that that's okay and that there is a lot of people that that are in that same situation. Um, I have met in real life most of the New York Marathon Bettys. I am one of those uh, silly marathon runners. Um, and um, although I have not met Uli yet, so I'll have to change that at some point um, because I will say I was surprised at what his voice sounded like when he did his uh, interviews on the podcast. Um, I have met Bryony probably the most out of everyone. I should say spend time with her the most. Um, we've had the awesome experience of going to see you 2 live at Madison Square Garden together and also Pink um, at Madison Square Garden. So they were both awesome concerts. Bryony got to also hang with my husband um, and um, it was it was really a great time. And um, I also got to go to a concert with Walt uh, to go see the boss, Bruce Springsteen. It was Walt's 100th Springsteen concert. So it was pretty cool. Um, we shared, we shared a couple beers beforehand. We did not sit together, but we experienced the same concert together. So that was really cool. Um, I've never been to Australia. It is on my list. I have so many people there that I would love to spend time with. So, um, one of these days, one of these days, um, we will get there. And that is it. I promise you now I am signing off from New Jersey. Uh, it is, see what time is it right now? Um, well, I mean, it's whatever time it is where you are because this is live, right? Haha. <laughs> um, it's 7.02 AM and I have to get myself moving to get to work. Um, and, um, Everyone have a wonderful day or evening, where whatever it is where you are. And thank you for indulging me. Bye. Well, thanks for that, Rebecca. I feel like I know you so much better now. And uh, the take-home message is don't mess with you. Rules are rules. Fair enough, too. It's a hard enough job. Uh, look, I had a quick look at the New Jersey Parks and Forest website. Have a look, folks. Let's just say I'm certain that they are spending all of their budget money on the park. This website uh, would have looked out of date in 1993. Uh, I feel there's a bit more of a story to tell with Rebecca, so I think we'll be talking again pretty soon. But that's it for the week. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Be good to yourself and don't submit willingly to a strip search at a festival. Bye for now.